Hello and welcome to the Creative Backstory where we talk about my favorite part of creativity, which is the making of things and music and art and ideas. I'm Kelly Planer and um, if you're a fan of comic books, you've probably seen my guest's work today. He's drawn and penciled and inked and created for all the heavy hitters. That's uh, the Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man and Superman and Conan and Wonder Woman and Aquaman, who's my favorite, and the New Mutants. Uh, and more, many, many more. And Bob McCloud has worked across both DC and the Marvel universes. He's had an amazing decades-long career where he has shaped and shaded the characters of legend. So if you've ever dreamt of yourself as Peter Parker or wanted to be a member of the X-Men or was curious about Clark Kent and the moment Lois Lane finally figured out who he really was, then uh, you will be glad to meet the man behind the pencil and ink. And please welcome Bob McLeod. Thank you. Right. Thanks so much for having me. My first guest. How do you <laughs> feel? <laughs> a little intimidating, but glad to be here. Is it? Oh, so, well, let's talk about creativity. Um, I know you are often asked every question in the world about the new mutants that could possibly be asked. But I want to talk about what it's like to actually make that kind of stuff. So what's the creative process like to you? I mean, I feel like I actually had to learn to be creative. All through my youth, I would just copy other people's drawings. I, I didn't do anything real creative until high school. Uh, started making up my own little comic strips. Um, and it's a different way of thinking to just get ideas out of the air and try to form them into something uh, that you can put on paper. Um, I, I think a lot of it with me is just uh, looking at what other artists, other creative people do and trying to figure out their thinking process. You know, what what are they thinking as, as they do that and that and that? Um, and how did they come up with not only the idea, but the way of showing the idea. Um, so I, I just uh, think a lot of it is, I mean, you can try to invent the wheel yourself, but it's so much easier to see what's already been done. And, and just by looking at what else is out there that's been done, it starts your creativity going, uh, your wheels turning, and um, kind of helps you be more creative. Well, and I think that's super interesting because I think about just that in terms of acting and theater, but comic book writing, or at least it's not that much different. It's sort of, you know, art imitating life. Yeah, I mean, I'm first of all, I'm not a writer. I'm an artist, yeah. so I never wrote the stories. I mean, I have written a comic story, um, but I'm, I'm mainly an artist, so I would be given a plot usually to draw from and um, decide the best way to show what the writer had in mind. We were given total leeway pretty much most of the time, uh, whether to do a long shot or a close up or where to start a page or end a page or you know everything about how to show something. Um, but I mean, e even with the little bit of writing I did, um, I just start putting stuff down on paper, and if I don't like it, I rewrite. You know, I think a lot of writing is rewriting. 
Sure. Uh, but it's important just to just to get going, actually start doing something instead of just thinking. You know, you, you gotta you gotta act. That's true, and I think sometimes you can't think of what should be happening until you've worked through all the things that shouldn't happen. I'm assuming that happens on the on the page as well. Yeah, well, hopefully um, you get all of the things that shouldn't happen out of the way early. <laughs> I mean, I, I quickly learned uh, for Marvel Comics what they expected from me to do and what not to do um, in the first job or, or two. Um, even before the first, when I was showing them my samples, you know, they would point out things, well, don't do this. Um, for example? Well, one of the first uh, pieces of advice, uh, John Romita, the art director at Marvel Comics, longtime Spider-Man artist, um, said, why don't you choose between using a brush and a pen uh, mainly? You know, a lot of times we mix both, but um, your style will look more consistent if you either you're a brush inker or a pen inker. Um, and that helped because mine was a mishmash. Um, I didn't know anything about inking starting out and I was just kind of stumbling along trying to find my way. Um, just things like that say, uh, you know, don't have them uh, standing erect all the time. Have them move and uh, lean forward and lean back so you get more foreshortening in. Um, basic things that, you know, you don't really think about until you start doing it. Right, and I'm amazed. I look at some of your work and the detail. You know, I remember uh, Mr. Jameson was yelling at Spider-Man, and the way you had his, the angles and the emotion and even these little drops of saliva in his <laughs> mouth. You know what I'm talking about? I do, yeah, I know like, that page. <laughs> I'm looking at this going, who even, like, I, I would not think of that. I would see it in a photograph and recognize it, but as the artist, like, that's really... That's really... You know, once you start, all right, you've got to have Jonah Jameson there. He's, he's talking to Spider-Man. You've got to draw him somehow. So you start thinking, well, would he look better if he was doing this or doing this or doing this or moving forward? Or You have to go through all those decisions. There's so many decisions to make because you've got unlimited choices. Um, so through experience, you know, your first job is probably going to not look that good because you're getting all those ways not to do it out of the way, and then you, you suddenly start to figure out, well, you know, just to tilt to the head is more interesting than straight up and down. Right, right. So tilt the head. <laughs> so what are the things that you would, you know, do you still have a copy of your first published comic book? Sure. Okay. And do you look at it? I, I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if you could tell young 24-year-old Bob something that you've learned over the years, what would you have told yourself um, about creativity and process and getting it right? And You know, I was, it's, a, it's a different era now than when I started. I, I started way back in the 70s, and I was fortunate enough to learn how to do my job while I was on the job. I... I was not that good starting out, but they needed bodies. They were expanding their line and they needed people to draw those comics. And at the time you had to be in New York to get the work. And there just weren't that many people 
that wanted to do comics that were in Manhattan. Uh, so the competition wasn't as, as wide. And um, I was able to start even though I wasn't great already. Whereas today, everyone in the world wants to draw Marvel comics because they've seen the movies and uh, various other reasons which I could get into. Um, there's a lot more people that want to do comics today than there ever have been before. And so with the competition that fierce, you have to be at the top of your game right out of the gate. Um, you know, so it's it's very different. Um, but I would I would tell somebody starting out today, um, just have a a presence. Um, get yourself your art online or whatever you do. My my son's a musician. Get your music out there. Um, get your art out there so people can see it. You'll get some feedback, positive and negative. And I you know I think you enjoy the compliments, but you really need to focus on the criticism um, because we're usually not that critical of ourselves when we're starting out. It's not until you actually learn something about how things should be done that you become more critical of yourself because then you realize, oh wait, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Um, and then once you know that, you know, you have to do it that way. So when you're starting out, there's a lot you don't know. Um, so just, you know, uh, get some criticism, get your work out there. And mainly, so many people show me their work that want to draw comics, and they don't do the work. They'll, they'll have little sketches or something, but they don't have a finished page. Um, they haven't actually done work that would, that you could show to an editor, and the editor said, yeah, I want you to do this issue. You know, they, it, having talent isn't enough. You've got to be ready to do some work. See, and that's so interesting because part of creativity is not always the actual instrument to paper or playing of the music, especially when you're working at such a collaborative thing. I know Paul Schrader said that film isn't an artwork. It's an opportunity to work on a piece of artwork with a bunch of people. And I think I, I always wonder if young people realize that and the collaboration you know, and, you know, when I started, I thought I was making video that I want to see, but I was not taking into account I'm working for a client, I'm working for a boss, I'm working for all these people, and everybody has a say, and it's not mm -hmm. just me. It's painful sometimes, but you have to work through it. I don't know. Yeah, in comics, we work with a writer and an editor and a letterer and a colorist and an inker and a penciler. It's a, it can't, I mean, rarely do you have the time to do all that yourself. So usually it's split up among different chores. And it's, it's difficult to work with other creative people because everybody has an opinion. And if you're the, the writer, you feel like you should be in charge and everybody should do it the way you conceived it. And if you're the, the penciler, the, the main artist, um, you feel like, well, the inker should just trace my drawings. <laughs> you know, I've, I've spent all this time learning how to draw, just, just trace it in ink, uh, which is not how inking works. <laughs> so, you know, everybody has a strong opinion and it can be butting heads a lot of times um, unless you find someone you're really comfortable working with, which I was lucky to do a lot of times um, uh, where they, they have confidence in what you're going to do and you have confidence in what they can do um, and it works much easier. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of that creativity is learning. I don't want to say this the wrong way. When to stop caring and to what degree to stop caring because somebody else has to do their... And not that you're not invested, but it's not your job. You know? One of Marvel's top pencilers, John Buscema, um, said that you once it leaves his desk, his studio, he has to forget about it because he's probably not going to like the way it's inked, you know, or colored. I, I like maybe, I don't know, 5% of the coloring jobs that I got on my work throughout my career. Um, and you, you just have to, it's a compromise you make when you decide you, you want to work for a, a publisher like Marvel as opposed to publishing your own where you can have total control. You, know, you have to make compromises when it's when it becomes a business and not just your own little uh, your own little world of cre creation. Right, and I'm you know I'm sure that's you know difficult. Do you make art for yourself that you don't need to have other people comment on, or do you? What do you do? What do you do creatively in your spare time? Usually in my spare time nowadays, I don't do art uh, because I'm at my uh, desk so much for work when I have spare time, I don't want to keep working. <laughs> and even though it's drawing, um, at this point, I can't do a little drawing that's not my best because it's going to end up on the internet. <laughs> and you know, somebody's going to uh, get hold of it somehow and they won't know if I spent five minutes on it or five hours on it. So I'd, I'd rather not have that pressure on my time off. Yeah, sure, sure. But at some point, you know, what, what are your creative outlets then? Well, this summer, this past summer, I uh, painted a mural on our garage, actually. <laughs> Seems kind of, uh, I don't know, kitschy to have a, a mural on your garage. But my wife got sick of looking at our ugly old garage out the kitchen window while, you know, she was in the kitchen and was just, uh, for a long time now, wanted me to paint a mural. So I finally got around to it. So I just did a, a landscape painting on our mural on our garage nice nice and i'm going to do another one i've done a few murals i'm going to do another one um we're having our kitchen remodeled and for the backsplash i'm going to do a, a mural running around the kitchen oh that sounds nice just a little i'm sure it's great that you know then instead of a whole corporation criticizing your work you just have your wife going hey a little more blue honey yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> right. my wife is so not that way, though. She lets me do it myself. Um, she's not critical, um, so she's very supportive and, and great. She loves the mural on the garage um, and, and didn't tell That's me great. a thing about how I should do it. And it started out pretty rough, and um, she must have been thinking, what is he doing <laughs> to our garage? She's got to know. It's part of the process. Yeah. You've got to go through it. Yeah. So... So when you're up on, let's say you're in front of a blank page, and yes, you have a script, yes, you have an idea of where you're going, like what are the decisions that you make? And I, let's go back a little bit. So I guess when you were penciling your things, and you've done so many different things, like there's such a difference between a Captain America and a Howard the Duck, you know, and you've done all of it, you know. Mm -hmm. What are, some of, what are some of your favorite things? And then we'll talk about your approach on the page. Well, you know, I started out uh, more of 
uh, of a cartoonist, more interested in doing humor than dramatic superheroes. I wanted to have my own newspaper comic strip or work for Mad Magazine doing the TV and movie satires. Mm -hmm. My big artistic influence uh, when I was younger was more Drucker with Mad Magazine. Um, so I always wanted to do humor, but it turned out um, dramatic comics were where the work was and where the money was. And also, everybody that I was around, that's where their interest was and where the respect came from. So I figured, well, I got to learn how to do this dramatic stuff, uh, even though my heart was more into, into the humor. Um, so I always, uh, my favorite stuff is, is the humor. The Spider-Man job you were referencing with uh, Jonah Jameson, uh, if it's what I'm thinking of, was a humorous uh, thing where they had different artists do different characters' interpretation of the same event. So there was a bank robbery, and Jonah Jameson was there, and Spider-Man was there, and a bank robber comes in, and so maybe they had the, I, I forget what, well, I was in the comic, maybe had the bank robber tell his side of it, and Spider-Man tell his side, and Jonah Jameson tell his side. And so when it got to mine, I was telling it from Jonah Jameson's point of view, where he was a big hero and, and saved the day, and, and it was, to me, ridiculous. So I, I kind of drew it in a funny, uh, more ridiculous way. So I had a good time with that one. Oh, yeah. And you've told me, too, that um, I, I think part of creativity is getting through, slogging through the stuff you don't like. Tell us about, I know you told me about Venom. You weren't thrilled with yeah. <laughs> that, I, but you got to get through it. I mean, you know, I made a decision early on that I was going to work for Marvel and, and do superheroes, even though I'd rather be doing my humor comic strip or maybe animation for Disney or something. Um, my career just started going at Marvel, and I, I stayed with it. But I made that decision. You know, this is fun. It's, this is paying the bills, so I'll, I'll stick with this. So I got a few jobs that weren't really what I was interested in doing. Um, I don't like drawing machinery and, and guns and cars and helicopters and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I like drawing people, uh, but it becomes a job. You know, um, I was raised in a family, had bills to pay, so when a job like Venom came along, I'm not into Venom. He's far from my favorite character because for one thing, he doesn't have a face. He's got his monster teeth and everything. Um, but it was good money, and if I'm going to do him, I'm going to do him as well as I can do him. So I, I feel like that's one of my best jobs in my career, actually, um, even though I would have much rather be doing something else. Well, your version of Venom, you know, for a guy without a face, you still made him a moat. You know, usually you think mm -hmm. of, like, evil clown grin or, or ferocious, but you've done, you know, you did some... Some interesting things with it. I mean, him. that's the challenge, you know, how one of the ways you make it interesting for yourself, come up with these challenges. Did you hate him less when you were done, or was it like... No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe a little more. <laughs> and they always tell you in school, you're supposed to love your antagonist. <laughs> no, I'd rather draw um, somebody with a face that I can uh, give emotion to and a character to... I like to draw individuals rather than a, a stereotype uh, Superman, handsome, strong jaw guy. I think the the 
secondary characters are much more interesting, Jimmy Olsen and Perry White, um, all of the just people. So when I uh, co-created the New Mutants, I tried to make them just look like kids um, rather than, you know, your more stereotypical superhero. Oh, yeah, they looked they looked completely and not even like exaggerated versions of kids where they all look older and mature like your kids were kids i tried like yeah, uh, yeah yeah thanks. with their weird red hair and you know yeah. <laughs> and little rain and you know they were all good um and i think that's good too i feel like that's part of truth telling and which i think is another big part of creativity i think you really have to be honest about i mean i think it's it's uh Certainly better. I think it comes makes a better product if, if you try to be honest and, and real. Um, I see a lot of artists that don't do that. And I mean, if, art's so subjective. There's always somebody that's going to like whatever you do. Uh, but I, I don't like that kind of art. I, I like something based a little more in, um, not reality, but, you know, truth. Well, even Jonah, thinking he's so great. I mean... He was just a guy trying to make a, you know, make mm -hmm. a buck, and he was probably did see himself that way, and he was probably angry all the time because he was disappointed. And mm -hmm. I think that's honest and it's real, and I think people, you know, relate to it. It's one of the things I've, I've always kind of liked Spider-Man the most because he's very relatable. He was just this kid. He was always my favorite to draw because he gets in more interesting positions than characters like Batman and Superman. That's true. So he was that's fun true. to draw. And he was a kid, you know, just... I think it helped that he was a teenager. Um, I wish they had kept him a teenager in high school instead of aging him and getting him married and making him an adult. But, you know, new writers come in and they don't want to write what the last guy wrote. They want to bring in something new and that hasn't been done before, so... Which is hard to do. It's very hard. Yeah, yeah. because... You know, superheroes are supposed to, well, and then we've kind of, I see like over time you get into kind of an anti-hero where you're all of a sudden sympathetic with somebody who's doing the wrong thing for the right reason. And, mm -hmm. you know, it gets, it gets. Uh, well, imagine after four decades of superheroes trying to come up with something that they haven't done before. Do you remember any superheroes in development that hit the hit the cutting room floor like I always think they must be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, in comics I don't know about movies and, and TV or novels or whatever but in comics I think everything ends up getting out there eventually no matter how bad it is <laughs> because there's so many comics uh, so many publishers now so many characters um, and so many um uh, new people coming in that want to do something. So maybe a new writer comes in and he sees this character that has a ridiculous costume and a ridiculous history and doesn't, you know, why would anybody even use him? But then he'll think of some new way to present that character that makes him more interesting. Um, so one of the uh, jobs I'm best known for, uh, I inked uh, Mike Zeck on Craven's Last Hunt. And the villain in that story was Craven the Hunter. And he had always been like a third string villain in the Spider-Man stories. And um, the writer came up with a, kind of a new definition of, of his character and made him into one of the most 
enduring, interesting characters in the canon. Yeah, yeah. But he he was nothing when <laughs> when that writer decided to use him. But they need to. They need to keep him moving. I keep thinking of like the new the new Captain America coming up. You know, and they just. Well, it's interesting. Cap, you pick Captain America because he's been a woman. Um, I think he might be uh, gay now. Um, he's been your stereotypical strong man. Uh, he's been black. He's been white. Um, they're doing all kinds of stuff with Captain America, and why not? You know, why not um, do do something different and and uh, tr try a different thing with him? And I, I suppose there are some people who get mad, like. Aquaman, for There's a example. Lot of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, was not the the cartoon that I remember from. Not this skinny guy in the orange and green. Now he's, now he's Jason Momoa, and he's got you know he's got issues. Mm -hmm. Like my Aquaman never had issues. He was perfect. <laughs> it, it bothers me that so many uh, artists draw every superhero just tremendously muscle bound. Where right. Spider Man has the spider strength. He doesn't need to lift weights to build big muscles to be strong. Um, I, I think you should have some slender uh, hero, uh, guy heroes. They don't all have to look like the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. So I said I wasn't going to talk so much about comics and talk more about process, and my time is just going by. But um, let's talk a little bit about... Um, what happens when you get stuck? Uh, well, I mentioned slightly before, if I get stuck, I look at what other artists do. Um, it gives me ideas right off the bat about um, how, how they're showing something. Like, we're just sitting in a room right now. Well, there's a lot of different ways to show two people sitting in a room. So when I look at how somebody else did it, I think, well, I love that, or I hate that, you know, or maybe... Why didn't they just do this? Um, so it starts me becoming creative just by looking at what somebody else did. Yeah. Who, who are, like I think in, in music, if I go listen to David Bowie, I will come out with 500 things that I haven't thought of before, <laughs> you know, just by listening to that. What, who are some of those people for you? And it, they don't have to be visual artists. Oh, gosh, there's so many. It's mm -hmm. so hard to pick uh, heroes. Um, you know, even even just with the visual arts, I, I I can't even narrow it down. There's so many people that I admire that I look to for inspiration. Um, I mean, I can tell you some of my favorites. Um, I really uh, like Bonnie Raitt's music. Um, her voice is still incredible. Even at, uh, I think she must be in her 70s now. Um, the way she's done her career. Um, is is impressive. So I think about the older people, the stages they've gone through in in their career to get to where they are and how they've handled their careers. Um, some artists started as one thing and moved on to another guy. I used to work with an artist uh, um, who now creates uh, game parks, you know, like Disney World type of parks uh, around the world, and he started as a comic book artist. Um, so it's interesting to see these paths that people take. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess 
Is more landscape painting in your future? Like, as you're getting <laughs> through this? You know, I've done 45 years of black and white comic book art. Mm-hmm. So I've had very little time to do painting or even coloring. Um, and I, as a kid, you know, I loved coloring. Uh, I, I filled up several coloring books. Um, so I've colored some in my career. Um, but... You know, I could almost count my paintings on one hand or two hands easily. Um, so I really want to do some more painting. I know intellectually a lot about painting, but it's one of the things where you have to actually, the expression is put miles on the canvas before you really become a painter. Yeah. And so I want to put at least a few yards on the canvas. <laughs> I'm super interested. Like I would watch like Berkeley Brethren from... Uh, 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 Bloom County, mm-hmm. doing all these funny portraits of his characters in oil paint, but it's just another view of them. I mean, he'd do Bill the Cat with uh, uh, Carmen Miranda hat on, and you know, just they're very funny. I know an artist who does um, oil paintings of kids' drawings. He'll just take a kid's little crayon <laughs> sketch and turn it into an oil painting. It's, you know, whether you do watercolors or oils or pencils or chalk or whatever, each one has its own, you know, process and and way of thinking to to be able to do that. Um, So it's just all fascinating to try different mediums. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like watercolors. I like oils. I don't love acrylics because they dry so quickly and they dry a little darker than when you first put them on. Suddenly it's a darker color. Um, but I've done some acrylic painting, um, but I, I just like experimenting, doing all different kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. So when you go to the museum, who do you, which floor do you visit? The Met in New York. I always go to the American um, or the uh, Impressionists. Um, it's hard to say why. I, I like their techniques. Um, some of the older Italian artists and, and uh, Renaissance artists. Uh, so will I see you like popping Aquaman in oil paint up out of like a <laughs> Monet like Lily Garden? Could be cool. I'm just no, saying, nope, no. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> that was a hard no. <laughs> yeah, not, not going there. <laughs> so I asked you... Um, to come up with a little bit of advice for the next generation of creatives that I will put together in a little toolbox that uh, I don't know what we'll do with. We'll find something to do with. But um, do you have three pieces of advice about getting people in touch with their create their creative process in a better way? I, I would say um, actually make time. Everybody's busy, but... Um, You've got to make time and actually do whatever it is you want to do. Don't just say, well, I, I want to be an artist. You have to try to be an artist. You actually have to start doing art. Um, if you're a musician, you actually have to practice your instrument and, and play songs, not just scales. You know, you have, you have to actually do something so that you can uh, learn. You learn through doing, not just through studying. So when I was trying to learn comics, I did an awful lot of studying other artists, and I studied anatomy and perspective and all this stuff. Um, but I really improved by actually trying to do pages of comic books. Um, 
so I think first thing, if you got to actually do something, um, put put in the time and the, and the effort, and then I think you have to get feedback um, as much as you can. Um, oh, and take feedback. <laughs> you have to learn to take criticism. You have to have a, a thick, have confidence in yourself, but have a thick skin so that you can accept criticism, because you really learn, should learn from criticism. Um, I was always open to being told uh, that I needed to work on this or that, or um, I wasn't any good at, at whatever. Um, yeah, it hurts your feelings a little, but it 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 makes it, at least it made me want to show. Well, wait, I I can do that. I I can do it better. Yeah, uh, sure. So take criticism. Do the work. Take criticism. Um, oh, what else? Um, I would say you you have to, and I and I mentioned it. But you have to believe in yourself. If you don't have confidence, uh, I don't see how you can ever get anywhere. I was overconfident um, because. I, I mean, I could draw well when I was five years old. I, I didn't know anything about drawing. My my art was really totally ignorant, but I, I could draw. And it gave me confidence. You know, my mother, parents said, wow, that's, that's really good. That's better than we can do. And so it gave me confidence right away. And my friends and everybody all, th all through my youth was complimenting my art. It wasn't until later that I got a lot of criticism, but... I built up my confidence, um, and that helped me enormously when I got the criticism um, that I that I felt well. I don't mind that criticism because I can do this, and I'll sh I'll show you that I can do this. Yeah, those are great, and for everything, every step of life, and every every uh, bit of creativity that doesn't stop. So, how did I do? This is my first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I could take it, Bob McLeod. It, it was fun. I thought you <laughs> structured it pretty well. We, we kind of focused a lot on comics, but that, that's my business, so I don't mind that. I don't know how we got there. I'm just, you know, I'm interested in what people do and those stories behind it, but I will work on that, and I take that. It's, it's a very <laughs> creative field, ripe with uh, things to ask about and think about. Um, so it's maybe a good place to start. These, these podcasts and see where you go from here should be interesting thanks Bob Bob said I did okay everybody thank you so much for joining us and uh, come back and see us again we'll talk more about process and less about comics the creative backstory wouldn't be possible without the support of JuxtaHub Emmaus Pennsylvania's arts and innovation center where people from all walks of life gather create and grow if you've been inspired by a creative person in your life or have a story about your favorite creative processes, we'd love to hear about it. Contact us at thecreativebackstory at gmail.com. 